Well, hello everyone. How is everybody doing? Happy um, almost last day of November. We're heading into December, the Christmas season. Things are starting to ramp up. It seems very joyful. Lights are going up, Christmas trees, all the things. And it's the most wonderful time of the year, right? For most people. But then again, on the other hand, it's not always the most wonderful time of the year for everyone. So I want to welcome you to Coaching Professional Women Survivors of Abuse. This is episode number 113, Pain, Abuse, Love, and Loss. So even though it is heading into the most wonderful time of the year, it's not always so wonderful for everyone. The reason I want to talk about this topic is because I've been coaching a lot of people through this and I've been hearing this sort of thing happening and it hurts my heart. It really does because for me personally, and I, if you've been following my podcast, you'll know, I think in the very beginning episodes, I think it was Christmas day or something that I recorded my first podcast episode and I talked about how much I love Christmas and I think I even played some Christmas music. It was crazy, but um, <laughs> I am just so enamored with the holidays and that's because of all of my memories. And I was just telling my husband this the other day, most of my memories of Christmas come from the certain family members that we shared it with every year and they made it so lovely and wonderful for us. And we would get so excited about it. And most of my memories come from those family members and my family members and everything that they did to make it so special for us. And, you know, I, I'm so sad that not everybody has that. And when you don't know any different, you think, gosh, why doesn't this person like the holidays? They're so magical and wonderful. But it's just not like that for everybody. So. Today's topic is very painful and very common at the same time. Now, I'm going to refer to each person in this scenario that I'm going to tell you as client A and person B, just so that you can determine who you might be in this scenario and who the other person might be as it relates to your life. So I don't want to say he or she or my client or that person or anything like that. I just want you to imagine in your mind if this relates to you at all, or if this is sort of like what your life is like, or if you know somebody who's in the same situation. So client A starts out in a happy life and as a happy child, but then at a very young age, it is thrust into an abusive situation. Parents that are abusive physically and emotionally. There's no support, no love, and most of all, no one to come to the rescue, which is super important. Client A grows up and tries to navigate life, but is holding all the anger and hate deep inside and says that it's like a running loop, always at the foreground of client A's mind. Every single thing that they do. It's a running scenario that begins to define this client. 
Client A puts up a strong wall for protection against the world and any other pain coming in. But because client A never had any help or nurturing or coaching, this pain got buried very deep inside and locked away. But at the same time, it's still running through this person's thoughts. It's a running loop, like a story, constantly, constantly on. The walls and tough exteriors were meant to protect, but really it is just protecting the pain and the emotional wounds that are inside. So if you can get a visual on that, it's very helpful, but you have all this pain and it's buried deep inside. And then you put a wall up, which basically just keeps all that pain protected inside you. Now, client A feels defined by the past and the pain. It has become their persona. Every single decision made is made under the assumption of the past persona. This person is defined by the pain in the past and the running loop of the hurtful caregivers. Client A wants to be loved and is searching for it, but never quite finds it. He basically settles for less in all areas of life. Then one day, client A meets person B. And for some reason, and this situation falls madly in love, head over heels, walking on a cloud. Could it be? For the first time ever, client A doesn't even think once about the past. The pain seems to have disappeared, gone away. Happiness and joy have filled the void that client A has so desperately wanted to fill. The things that have been missing are now front and center. The feeling is so euphoric that client A gives up everything to be with person B. Not only that, but client A is not seeing anything but love and adoration for this person. Now imagine you have this hole, this gaping hole, your whole life. And what you want is it to be filled with everything that you never had. The trouble with wanting something so badly though, is that you cannot see the obvious red flags that are right in front of you. It's like drug addicts. I'm not sure how many of you know about drug addicts, but I have a fair amount of experience around it. And what I do know is that the first time a drug addict tries to, let's say something like cocaine or whatever the drug is, they get this euphoric high. It feels so amazing and magical and they can't imagine life without it. So they keep using and using, trying to feel that euphoric feeling again. But what I learned was that they can never feel that again. It was a one-time deal. So they keep using and using and using, trying to feel that feeling again, but it never happens. And while they're trying, they give up everything for it. Family, money, careers, and soon they become a drug addict. That's, that's the rub with it. This feeling for client A was sort of the same. The hole and void that was being carried around all these years, desperately needing to be filled. And person B seemed to fill it in every way possible. 
But the problem was that person B also had a broken past and was carrying around baggage and pain and was also trying to navigate life. But person B was saying things to client A like, I can't love you. I can't be there for you. This will never work out. That was person B trying to manage and deal with their baggage, but at the same time saying all the right things too. Client A was so in love that those comments not only got ignored and overlooked, but were actually causing stress and confusion. Client A did not want to give up the euphoric high under any circumstances. It felt too good and had been missing for so many years. It was just like the cocaine high. Felt so good and wanted more and more and more, no matter what, no matter what the cost. The other problem was that client A was not seeing the confusion and the confusing emotional games and that those were bringing up that old pain, but never wanting to give up that feeling, that euphoric feeling, even at the cost of being abused, emotionally abused and confused. Client A was willing to put up with the mistreatment at the cost of hanging on to that euphoria. You know, things like being told by the other person, I love you, I hate you, I want you, I don't want you. You can be in my life, I don't want you in my life. Constantly trying to make sense of it and make it work at the cost of being emotionally abused. Person B was trying to navigate life behind a wall as well. The wall of past pain and abuse, which in my opinion does not make a good mix. In the end, client A was discarded by person B. Client A was left with so many emotions, pain, hurt, confusion, anger, and love. So how could client A still love this person, you might ask? Well, it's more about losing the idea of what love really felt like in the short time it was there than about losing the person. So I hope that makes sense. It was the idea of what was missing. Client A was in love with love and was in love with the euphoric feeling. It wasn't really the person they fell in love with so much, but more that what they seemed to have to offer in the way of filling that void. And I wonder if this resonates with any of you. Client A seemed mad and angry that the relationship ended and seemed mad and angry at person B, but in the same breath, claim to still be in love with that person. And I do hear that a lot from clients that come to me, they start off saying, but I loved him. I see this a lot when abusive relationships end in the beginning. Anyway, people put up with behaviors that do not serve them just to hang on to little bits of hope and what seemed like true love, the gaping hole in their heart and their life need so much to fill it, but they will accept so little. 
That is how the cycle of bad relationships start. We fill it a little and realize, well, that didn't work out. Then we move on to someone else, right? And they might fill the void a little more, but not quite and not the same as we would want. And out we go again. This cycle happens because they never get the nurturing during the painful times in life or the love and maybe never sought out coaching or therapy or whatever was needed to heal, heal the pain and wounds before starting a new relationship. Now, I always say that it's what happened after your abusive relationship or your abusive, you know, uh, cycles in your life. It's what happened after that matters. So if you were in a, a child and you were being abused by your parents or you were being neglected or your life was just terrible. Yeah, that was terrible when it was happening. But what happened after? What did you do after? Or what did others do after? Did they help you? Did you get the help you needed? Did you, you know, retreat into a little hole and hide behind all of your walls and everything? The pain and loss is so real and deep and it needs to be grieved like a death. It is the death of the life you had for that brief time or the life you wanted so badly that got stripped away from under your feet. That is what you are grieving. And you need to give yourself time to grieve that, but you can't stay in that grief. And a lot of people get stuck in that grief. So you never move past it. Even though you felt pain and hurt during that relationship, you would have taken it anyway because you never knew anything could feel so good, even for a brief time. Moving past this is very difficult. It becomes a love-hate relationship with your feelings. You want the love, but hate the idea of getting hurt again. In many cases, all that pain and anger come back with a vengeance and you feel helpless and hopeless and you feel worse off than you did before. My feeling is that if you were able to love so deeply just to fill that void and only for a brief moment, that says to me that all is not lost. You are capable of loving and it is not gone forever. Your past did not ruin you forever and your feelings are not buried down so deep that you are incapable of ever loving again, which is what a lot of people think. And I've heard people say this, oh yes, he ruined me, she ruined me, I'm never going to be able to love again, it's over, I'm broken, all that stuff. But if you were able to conjure up that feeling and even though you were putting up with abuse but you were just thriving and craving that love, that's a good sign. You can be in love and you are lovable. Always remember that. You're always lovable. And you can be in love again under the right circumstances. Don't let your past define you or the behavior of others, the ones that hurt you. Don't let their bad behavior become your reality or your persona, or your life. If you think about it, that's exactly what we do. You were just on the receiving end of somebody's bad behavior. Those behaviors belong to them. It's their mismanaged mind. 
or they're a broken person and they took it out on you. But you could come out from under it and get back to being the person you want to be or wanted to be. It has and never had anything to do with you. Never. It has never had anything to do with you. It was always their problem, always their background. And if you had a bad past and somebody you're trying to date had a bad past, unless the two of you are both working on healing, this is how it'll go. So if you feel this way or have ever felt this way and you want help moving past this season of your life, please reach out to me. I can help you. And more than that, I would be honored to help you, to take you to a place where you can take back your power and control over your life and over your future goals so that you can live your dreams just as you've always wanted to. So please feel free to reach out to me. You can find me so many ways. Everything is confidential, but you can go to karenmessina.com and sign up for your free consultation. You could go to my Facebook page. You could private message me there or any other way. You can email me at karen at karenmessina.com. So I hope this was helpful. And I hope that when you were thinking about it, you were realizing that maybe pieces of that are you, maybe all of that was you. But I more than anything want you to realize that there is hope and there is help. All right, everyone. Take care. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Hello. If you're interested in finally being free from your past emotional wounds and living the life that you deserve, I have a six-month coaching program called Triumph Over Trauma that shows survivors of domestic abuse how to overcome their past trauma and take control of their lives forever. I will be there for you every step of the way. To get started now, go to karenmessina.com and sign up for your free confidential consultation where we will talk all about you and put a plan in place for your future. Now is the time to take back your power and control. See you on the inside.